Well, as we all know, today is a special day. I want to take this opportunity to speak to you as our church family and friends who have gathered with us today and look at the perspective that Jesus has about womanhood. I thought it's important for us to do this because the world promotes feminism, the world promotes even male chauvinism, all at the same time. But we as Christians need to know what it is that Jesus promoted so that we will have the same perspective as Jesus did, that we will look to to preach and teach and act and live in a way that is consistent with the example that Christ set before us. Because we want our lives, when it comes to our understanding of, of womanhood, for it to be biblical, for it to be godly, for it to be right in the eyes of God. And beloved, that does mean it doesn't really matter what the world thinks or says, but it does matter what God thinks and what God says. And the reason for that is, it's because God is the one who created both man and woman. And just to get this established in your mind as we begin this time, we're going to go to the Gospels here in a moment, but to start our time, turn in your Bible to Genesis chapter 5. To Genesis chapter 5. And what you notice, if you look there at verse 2, it tells us, speaking about God, that he created them, male and female, and he blessed them and named them man in the day when they were created. First off, I want you to notice something that is not popular today, but it is biblical. But notice here that when God is referring to men and women, he refers to them as mankind. He doesn't refer to them as humanity. He refers to them as mankind. Notice carefully what he says. He created them, male and female. He blessed them, and he, that is God, named them. He named them man. And that is, he named them mankind. And God obviously has the right to do that because, as we see here in verse 2, God is the creator of both the male and the female. In fact, if you will, just for a moment, go back to Genesis chapter 1. And in Genesis chapter 1, you'll notice whenever we're on the sixth day of creation and God is getting ready to make the man and the woman Notice what he says in verse 26. Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And notice now, he's talking about making man, and that's referring to mankind because he says, And let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. Beloved, I go back to that just to establish in our mind, establish in our thinking, that if we want to rightly understand the teachings and the truth about womanhood, 
That is, whether it's just being a single woman, being a married woman, being a, a woman who is a widow, or just, just being a, a woman, a wife, a mother, a grandmother. The Bible is the place that you must look. It is the place that will share the truth with us. It must establish our thinking. Which also means that even when we go back and we reflect on what it may be that we were taught, that you need to sift everything that you know, everything that you were taught, everything that you understand through the Word of God. Now more specifically this morning, we're going to be looking at the life and the ministry of Jesus to see His perspective, to see His thoughts, His teachings, His activities when it came to womanhood. And yes, even in the days of Jesus, what He practiced and what He preached about women, this was not always instilled with the culture of His day. It wasn't even always in step with the religious teachings of his day. The very religious teachings that he would have grown up in the midst of as a Jewish boy. But we also know that whatever Jesus said and whatever Jesus did was right. Because Jesus was without sin. So let's look at this from several different angles this morning. And let's first... Look to see what we can glean from what I call his instructions about women in his ministry. What can we glean just from Jesus' instructions about women in his ministry? Now men, this is an area where we need to listen very carefully. If you will, to start with, since we just got through reading Genesis 1 and Genesis 5, go over to the Gospel of Matthew and go to Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19. Here in Matthew 19, Jesus is being questioned by some of the Pharisees in regards to when is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? Can he do that for any reason at all? In some sense, you can already see that the question is biased because they have no concern about when would it be lawful for a woman to divorce her husband. They're just asking, is it lawful, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for really any reason at all? And we're not going to go into all the details about what Jesus teaches here, but I want you to notice his answer. His answer there in verse 4 was, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female. Jesus is going back to the very verses that we were reading a moment ago in the book of Genesis, in Genesis chapter 1, and there in Genesis chapter 5. And by going back to those passages, those foundational passages, Jesus is wanting them to understand that both men and women were both created in the image of God. Thus, women had just as much value as men did. The wife had just as much value as the husband did. Because in that day, it was taught, sadly, by the religious leaders of the Jewish people, by some of their rabbis, some of their leaders, they actually taught that basically you could divorce a woman for just about any reason that you wanted to. 
And here, what he's saying here, he's wanting them to go back and understand that the very heart of the issue is, is that God is their creator. God was the creator not only of the men, but God was the creator of the woman as well. Thus, she has value. She has dignity as a person. Thus, they were not to see their wife or women as their property. They were not to see them as someone that they could just disregard and discard and throw away at a whim. This was not what the Old Testament had taught. This is not what their scriptures had taught them. But sadly, the leaders of their people had misinterpreted what the Bible was teaching. And this is an important lesson for us as well. Is that sadly, even throughout the history of the church... Things have been promoted that are sinful and ungodly and promoted as though the Bible teaches them when it doesn't. And this is what was happening here and Jesus was wanting them to know that they could not just treat their wife like they would treat a piece of property. But they were to see their wives as someone of preciousness, of value, of dignity as a person that was made in the image of God. For Jesus, women had just as much dignity and value as any man did in the eyes of God. So Jesus was instructing them, these men about women when it came to their wives. But also, beloved, I want you to think about this. Oftentimes in that day, they didn't see the women, even the Jewish community, as equal with the men. And Jesus, how often he would refer to them, was communicating to the men of that society and the men of the Jewish culture that women were on equal par with the men when it came to being a part of the covenant and being a part of the people of God. And the way Jesus would do that is that he would refer to them as daughters. And he would even refer to them as the daughters of Abraham, wanting the men there to know these women are just as equal a part of the family of God as you are. Christ was trying to teach them and really reshape their thinking in the way they thought about women. And one other thing we consider when we think about the instructions that Jesus gave about women. If you're still in the Gospel of, of Matthew, turn to Matthew chapter 5 for a moment. Matthew chapter 5. Here in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus begins to speak about different types of relationships. And in verse 27, he says... You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye makes you stumble, tear it out and throw it from you. For it is better for you to lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand makes you stumble, cut it off and throw it from you. For it is better for you to lose one of the parts of your body than for the whole body to go into hell. Jesus here was reminding them 
That when it came to women, that women were not just to be seen as objects of pleasure, and that what God was getting at, even back in the Old Testament, you go back and you look at the Old Testament, and even just look at the Ten Commandments, beloved. Yes, the Ten Commandments do say, Thou shalt not commit adultery, but the Ten Commandments also say, Thou shalt not covet. That is, you shouldn't be longing for someone or something in the way Jesus is describing here. That's why whenever Paul says, whenever the law came in, I was broken by the law. Because look, the law comes in and says, don't covet. And Jesus is saying to these men, look, you need to see women for the dignity, for the person, for what they are. They are not just to be seen. They are not to be seen as just objects of pleasure for you. You're not to be lusting after them in that way. Beloved, this is a lesson that we need so critically in our own time, the culture in which we live, in which women are treated and often presented in that way. If you stop and just step back for a moment, what I'm trying to get across to you is is that in Jesus' instructions about women, that was primarily addressed to men was this that men you need to see the women in this community as equally precious in the sight of God he was saying men you need to see the women in this church as equally participants in the family of God and he was saying that men you need to see the wife of your covenant in marriage as an equal partner. They are equal partners, equal participants, and equally precious in the sight of God. And so we want to live with them, love them, learn of them with that understanding. So these are Jesus' instruction about women to the men. But now let's go to the other side of the equation and let's look at his instructions to the women in his ministry. And this is very important and this was breaking cultural barriers of his day. And let's start with, if you will, go over to the Gospel of John and go to John chapter 4. Go to John chapter 4 where we'll see the Samaritan woman at the well. And I don't know if you've ever caught this or thought about this, but when Jesus begins to interact with this woman, and he's bringing salvation to her because she doesn't rightly understand everything, and Jesus has a conversation with her, she's surprised that he's having a conversation with her, but he reveals to her that he is the promised Messiah. But I want you to notice the response of his disciples when they come back. They've gone to grab something to eat. They're coming back to Jesus. And in verse 27 of John's gospel, in John chapter 4, it says, at this point, his disciples came and they were amazed. Now just think about it. They're amazed at what? That he's been speaking with a woman. I mean, they're shocked. What is Jesus doing? Yes, They're amazed that he's speaking to a Samaritan, but the fact that he's speaking just to a woman, they can't believe this because, again, understand the culture and the teachings of their day. 
Some of the rabbis refused to even teach women. They thought it was a waste of time. It was a diversion that didn't need to be entertained. Some even went so far to say it was sinfully inappropriate to teach women. Women were allowed to come to the synagogue, but they were never encouraged to learn. And here is Jesus coming and talking and sharing the gospel with this woman who was in need of understanding who he was. You see, Jesus knew that women were just as much in need of the gospel and just as much in need of salvation and just as much in need of the forgiveness of their sins as any man was. So Jesus wanted them to understand salvation was for them as well. But Jesus wasn't just concerned in his instructions to women just about their salvation. He was also concerned about their sanctification. They're growing and learning in the Lord. And we know this because if you take a moment with me now and go over to the Gospel of Luke and go to Luke chapter 10. Go to Luke chapter 10. Pick it up in verse 38. Luke chapter 10, beginning in verse 38, says, Now as they were traveling along, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister called Mary, who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations, and she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part which shall not be taken away from her. Jesus here was trying to teach Martha that the choice that Mary had made to set everything aside at that moment and sit down at the feet of Jesus to listen and to learn, to grow in her understanding. Mary and Martha are believers. They have, they have come to believe in Jesus. When we see them encountered uh, at some other point where their brother Lazarus has died and, and they believe in the resurrection, that they believe in Jesus, they believe in him, they trust him. But Jesus was trying to get across to Martha, Martha, you should have made the same choice as Mary. That is, you should have sat down at my feet as well to listen and to learn. Jesus was just as concerned with Mary and Martha and their sanctification, their growing in the understanding of the Word of God and what God was doing as He was with His disciples, His men that were there. And that's a lesson for us to learn, beloved, that God is concerned and He cares about the salvation of every one of you, and God is concerned about your sanctification, that you're growing in the Lord. So we can look at Jesus' instructions to, to, to women, and we see that He included them, He cared for them, He was concerned for them. 
But we also see that in his interactions with women in his ministry. When you look at the interactions that Jesus had with women during his ministry, you will see his concern. And you will see that he cared about them physically, he cared about them financially, he cared about them emotionally, and he cared about them spiritually. He cared about them physically, you can see, in the healings that he provided for them. He healed the mother-in-law of Peter. Do you remember there was a woman there on a Sabbath when Jesus was teaching in a synagogue who had been bent over by a spirit for 18 years? And Jesus goes up and heals her of that sickness. It was Jesus who called this woman who had a blood disorder for many years to stop immediately there on the spot. It was Jesus who was concerned and cared for his mother physically to make sure she was taken care of. And I think it's appropriate for us to look at that for a moment here on this Mother's Day. Go over to the Gospel of John and go to John chapter 19. John chapter 19. Jesus is hanging on the cross. He's hanging on the cross. And he sees his mother. Verse 26. When Jesus then saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her into his own household. Here is Jesus telling one of his disciples there, Take in my mother. Jesus was about obviously to leave. He was about to die. He was on the cross. He's, he's moments away from yielding up his spirit and dying. And, and he, obviously he's going to be raised from the dead and he's going to ascend back to heaven. He's no longer going to be here. But before he leaves, Jesus is making sure that his mother is going to be physically taken care of before he's gone. You see also, Jesus didn't just care about women, about mothers and the physical care for them. He also cared for them financially. And I bring that to your attention because you remember the story that Jesus tells of the widow who goes in and puts in all that she had? And Jesus says, this woman put in more than anyone else did because she put in everything that she had. Now Jesus, I believe, is concerned about that because he knows, remember, this is a false system of religion that they had established at that day and he knows this is taking advantage of such people as this widow woman who is there that is poor and doesn't have much to live on and she's getting caught up in this and she's giving all that she has to it thinking somehow, some way, this is going to provide some type of blessing for her and Jesus is wanting these disciples to know you need to care financially, about what's happening here. Beloved, this is a tragedy in our day and time in the society in which we live with all the TV guys on there and taking advantage of people. Jesus cared for people, for women physically, their physical care, their financial care. But Jesus also showed compassion he showed compassion. He showed compassion towards Mary and Martha when their brother Lazarus had died and they are weeping about this. 
and He raises Him from the dead. But you see where Jesus showed compassion or in the Gospel of Luke where there was a widow woman. She's already lost her husband and Jesus is coming into the city and they're having a funeral procession at that time and this widow woman who's already lost her husband has now lost her son and not just a son, it's her only son. It's the only child that she had. And you can imagine the emotion, the things that were going on there. And when Jesus comes in and he sees this, it says Jesus had compassion for her. And he goes up and he speaks. And this son, this only son of this widow is raised from the dead and given back to her son, to her. Beloved, Jesus had compassion for her. He was concerned for women, their physical and financial and their emotional needs. But also, beloved, as we have seen already, Jesus also showed concern for them through his counsel to the women, the spiritual care he had for them. We've already seen that with Mary and Martha. We've seen that with the, the woman at the well. Jesus was concerned about her salvation. He's concerned about their sanctification. If you remember the, the woman that's caught in adultery over in the Gospel of John in John chapter 8 that's brought there before Jesus. Jesus is concer- concerned about her spiritually and her spiritual condition. That's why he just didn't run the crowd away that was wanting to stone her to death. He then talked to her about her sin. Because it wasn't just about preserving her life physically. It was about ministering her spiritually. And her coming to really repent of her sins. And Jesus spoke the truth to her so that she could confess her sins. And she could be forgiven of her sins. Beloved, when you look at the interactions that Jesus had with the women throughout his ministry, you see that clearly he was one who had a concern for them and he showed that in his care and his compassion and his counsel for them, wanting to minister to them physically, emotionally, spiritually, financially. He cared for them. But let me show you one other way that Jesus ministered to to women that we need to be thoughtful of. We need to glean from his inclusion of women in his ministry. Just the fact that he included women in some capacities in his ministry was going against the norm of his day. And there's three, at least three ways in which we see that women were included in the ministry of Jesus while he was here. One of the first ways is through their sharing about him. Jesus included women in sharing the truth about him to others. We've already seen that over in the Gospel of John in John chapter 4 with the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. If you recall that, after Jesus gets through having the conversation with her, what does she do? She leaves and she goes back into the community to the men of the community and she begins to tell them, the Messiah is here. The Messiah is here. And here comes the whole community out there because of what this one woman was saying. And what's even more amazing about that is to think about this. 
This woman is the first person that Jesus has finally more explicitly revealed to, I'm the Messiah. He hasn't even revealed that as explicitly to his own disciples yet. But he reveals it to her, I am the promised Messiah. She understood that. And she goes back sharing this news with the community at large. And the community comes out to Jesus. And through her, it says, many believed. And then once they got there and they heard Jesus for themselves, it confirmed what it was she was saying. Jesus here using this woman to go back and bring a community to salvation. Not only that, when you think about his inclusion of women and sharing the gospel, sharing about him, you, you have to go to the first, who are the first people that are witnesses for the resurrection of Jesus? It's women. It was the women that went to the tomb. It was the women that he spoke to first. It was women that he revealed himself to first. It was the women he says, go back and tell my disciples that I have been risen from the dead and I will meet them later. And what's interesting when you think about this woman at the well in Samaria and the women there at the tomb going back, again, you have to remember the day and time in which they're living in which women weren't seen as reliable witnesses. But Jesus is breaking through that. And he's including them in his ministry. He's including them in his ministry to go and to share the gospel. But you know, women were also included, not just in being sharers of Jesus, but also in just being supporters of Jesus. And that is financial supporters of Jesus. Go over just for a moment. Just look over in the Gospel of Luke. Look at Luke chapter 8. Jesus has his 12. They're traveling around with him, going from one city and village to another. In verse 1, they're proclaiming and preaching the kingdom of God. The 12 are with him. But there's also some women who are there. Mary, who's also called Magdalene. Joanna, we see there in verse 3, Susanna, and many others. And notice what it says about him, them, who were contributing to their support out of their private means. He's saying these ladies were so involved and included in the ministry of Jesus that they would be a part of that ministry and they were a part of the financial support for Jesus and for the men that were proclaiming the gospel. I don't think it's by accident that God wanted Luke to record that, for that to be in Scripture and to highlight that it was women that were doing that. Because again, it went against the day and time in which they were living. They were supporters. They were sharers of the gospel. And one other way they were included in his ministry, and that is by the serving of Jesus. Just by serving. We've already seen that with Mary and Martha. 
You see that also over in the, in the Gospel of John, in John chapter 12. Remember, it was Mary who comes in there and breaks open the, the expensive perfume and pours it on the feet of Jesus to anoint him and to wipe it with her hair and her feet. And the religious leaders of that day and others were furious at that in a hypocritical way. But here she is serving Christ. It was the mother-in-law of Peter who once she was healed got up and began to serve Jesus and all those who were there. It was the women who were coming to the tomb that morning. Why? To serve Jesus, to serve his body. They were coming there to minister to him. Now they weren't thinking he was going to be alive at that moment, but they were coming out of care for him and his body even in death. Beloved, when I think about our church, our church is supported and served by faithful women. Whether it's in our Sunday school, discipleship training, Wednesday nights, youth, children, serving other ladies, hospitality, meals. Beloved, this church, our church, would not be what it is today without the faithful women who serve in it who dedicate their time and their talents and their lives to it, who support it, even financially, and who share the gospel. So men, let me ask you this morning, ask you to examine your hearts and to see whether or not you are thinking along the same lines as Jesus. That when it comes to just women in our community, you see them as precious. When it comes to women in our church, you see them as participants. Right alongside of us. When it comes to those that would be in marriages, do you see them as equal Partners. We need to have the same compassion, the same care, the same concern, the same counsel. Whether it's for our wife, our daughter, our mother, our sister, or just our sister in Christ. We need to train up our children and our young boys and our young men to have the same perspective because the world is going to teach them something different. The world is going to promote something just the opposite of that. And like I said, the world's going to promote two extremes. The world's going to promote either feminism or it's going to promote male chauvinism. And the Bible doesn't promote either one of those. So we want to be faithful as men to honor the women as they are to be honored as God's word tells us. But for all of the ladies here this morning, not just the ladies, this would apply for the men and anyone who is here, just please remember that what God is most concerned about for you is your soul, your spiritual condition, that you know Jesus as your Savior and as your Lord. And I pray you do. I pray you have truly repented of your sins and put your faith in Him. But also, let me just share with you, ladies, this morning, God cares about you. He cares about you as a woman, that you are honored and treated as you should be. 
God cares about you physically. God cares about you emotionally. God cares about you financially. God cares about you spiritually. He cares about you being a part of the church. He cares about you being a part of the ministry of the church. He cares that you support it, that you serve, that you share. That you understand that you are a very valuable, critical part of the body of Christ. And so I would ask you this morning to to challenge your own thinking. Do you think in that way and do you live in that way? Do you live in such a way that you display what Jesus was teaching, what Jesus was modeling? Do you see yourself in that way and do you support and serve and share and just involve yourselves in the lives of others? As we close our time this morning, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads in prayer for just a moment.